Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number three, Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. By the way, a reminder, if you are interested and looking for something to do this evening, come on up to Davidson College, hang out. Uh, we're doing a forum. The Libertarian candidate, Shannon Bray, the Green Party candidate, uh, Matthew Ho, uh, both of whom are running for the U.S. Senate seat. Also uh, in that race, I think, are two other people. I want to say, I'm trying to remember the names, Sherry Beasley and Ted Budd, I think. Um, they, they're they also uh, candidates, but uh, they won't be there. Uh, but uh, we've got uh, the two third-party candidates. I need, we really need to work on a new term for that. Because I think if there are, right, if you've got four parties, it's no longer third parties, right? Two third-party candidates, that's not, No. Non-major party, you can't call minor party candidates. That That's kind of insulting, right? So whatever. Uh, we've got Bray and we've got Ho. They're going to be at a, uh, doing a forum tonight. I'll be moderating it. It is free and open to the public. It starts at 7 o'clock and uh, runs through 9 p.m. tonight. So uh, if you have some time, come on up and uh, listen to the candidates uh, discuss various issues. And um, I believe, we'll double check this. But we were discussing having them both come by the uh, the studio tomorrow afterwards because uh, they neither one live in Charlotte. And so while they're here in town, I think uh, the organizers of the event were talking to him about, hey, you know, you want to hang around and uh, you know spend the night in Charlotte, basically, and then come on into the studio. We'll chat. And I'm pretty sure we got that. I just need to confirm for sure. But that's what it's going to look like here. So if you can't come tonight, hopefully we'll have a, a discussion with them tomorrow on the program as well. All right, so uh, mentioned this. We got a call about this earlier as well. Oh, hang on, hang on. I got to get my let me get let me get my my messages up on my phone here. Do, 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 because I got here it is. I got a message the other day. So when this story hit Fox News, headline: Democrat-run tourist town in North Carolina sees violent crime spike as police dwindle. I used to. Live and work in Asheville, right? Worked up there for nine, eight years. So, uh, so by way of a of a career trajectory, just real quickly, I was here from uh, WBT from 1999 through 2011, uh, and then I was in. I spent about six months or so working for what was then called News 14 Carolina, and then I went to work in Asheville as a host in uh, 2012, and stayed there, was there through uh, January of 2020 when the parent company, uh, iHeartRadio, fired a whole bunch of people all across America, and I was one of the uh, one of the casualties there, so I was out. Um, and so that was the, and then I launched my own podcast, and then uh, fast forward two years, and I'm here, or a year and a half, and I'm here. So uh, I, you know, worked up there for eight years, met a lot of people, got to know the area and um, and the politics, some of the history on it. Um, as dysfunctional as you think Charlotte and Mecklenburg is, Asheville has it in spades, all right? Asheville, it, it, it really is amazing because Asheville, a couple of things you got to know about the town. First off, uh, it went bankrupt. And to me, like the, the, the stuff that makes Asheville like, oh, look at the history, oh, these old buildings, oh, it's gritty and, you know, whatever. I always found it like dirty. Like to me, it was like dirty. Um, the reason for that is because it went bankrupt. Great Depression hit Asheville at one point, called the Paris of the Southeast. 
rivaled Charlotte. It was a, you had a lot of people that would go out to the mountains, right? Summer in the mountains because it was so hot. You'd go up to the mountains. It was cooler. Uh, and they were like, there was belief that the, uh, the water and the mountain air, you know, would, would heal you and that sort of stuff. So there were a lot, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, healing, uh, what do they call them? Not so- solariums or something. No, is that the, I forget what they call them. Anyway, they had a lot of facilities like that, that, that sprung up. And to this day, there are still a lot of those types of, uh, uh, places. But it went bankrupt. The mayor committed suicide. The state had to come in and take over the water systems. And the city, and this and these were all mountain Democrats. Okay, so like Republicans literally were banned from having civil service jobs. They couldn't, some of them couldn't even get business licenses and stuff. It was, this was a machine. There was a machine. It's called the Ponder Machine nearby Madison County. Um, the Ponder Machine uh, the two brothers that ran it, one was sheriff, one was like the county manager, and they had a lock on everything. And um, I'm trying to remember, uh, R.L. Clark, I believe his name was, state senator. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still alive. I think he is, but maybe not. He, I remember he, or no, I think he did pass away recently. But uh, he had actually, he was a Republican, and he actually had bid on and won at, an, I think, an estate auction or something. The ballot box that was stuffed that cost him the election against one of the Ponder brothers, I believe, was the deal. So, uh, like, that, that it, I mean, corrupt. Here's what was told to me. In the mountains, we bury our politicians' feet first. You know why? Because they're so crooked, you have to screw them into the ground. All right, that came from a person from, that's from, uh, not my joke, someone else told me that. Now, all of that is to say, the Asheville system of governance, they set it up so... They were protecting their machine, okay? So their city council is completely at large, right? There are no districts. It's all at large. And then they stagger the election. So you can never vote everybody out at the same time. So if there's this groundswell of opposition to city government and we hate all of our politicians, you can only ever get to vote on a couple of them. So it creates this, uh, you know, this entrenched political class and so even if you were to get voted out of one of the at-large seats, just wait two years and you can run again for one of the other at-large seats, right? So you get to constantly have more bites at the apple. Okay, so what has happened over the years is that the Democrat Party has been taken over from the inside by the more leftist, uh, you know, progressive wing of the party. And as and, and Asheville, by the way, back in the 80s or 90s, I think they launched a national campaign, an advertising campaign billing themselves as the San Francisco of the Southeast. They made an overt pitch to get liberal, progressive, but specifically LGBTQ people to move to Asheville. They, it was a direct campaign ad campaign or a direct campaign advertisement or ad campaign. Sorry, direct ad campaign. And, uh, and, and it was successful. That's why it's, it has the highest per capita LGBT population in the state, at least it did. I don't know if it still does, but it, it did. Also, has a very small minority population, even though the awfuls, as we call them, the AWFLs, affluent white female liberal, awful. The awfuls, like they, they make a big deal about diversity. And I find that I always found it to be sort of comical coming from Charlotte, which is way more diverse <laughs> than Asheville is. But in Asheville, they pay all this lip service to it. Right. They, they speak in all the correct pronouns and all. I mean, it's just it's 
you got so all right, you have that layer. I'm running out of time here, so I want, I'm just kind of giving this as a background. So you have that layer on it, but the Democrat Party was controlling the elections. They got taken over from the inside. This happened while I was there. They got taken over from the inside, and now the uh, the old blue dog Democrats, you know, the Heath Schulers, those types of people, they're all gone. They're they're all gone, and so now you have a city council that is beholden by the the farthest leftist base. Because that's who votes in their primaries. And they can't, they can't fix it. They can't get around it anymore. They're trapped by the very model that they used to keep Republicans out of office. So that's where Asheville stands now. So, of course, when the riots start, you have a very large Antifa uh, uh, local uh, anarchist LARPer base. In Asheville, LARPers, live action role players, these are people that are like temporary anarchists. They get, they're Trustafarians, right? They, they get their, their mom and dad's money and uh, they live the gritty lifestyle and they dress in black and they protest everything. Like literally, they're down in the, uh, the center of the town and they protest everything. They've got every Saturday and Sunday, they got the billboards out there. So they're always down there. I suggested, by the way, that the city just fund a big dry erase board and just stick it right there. So this way, I mean, think about the environmental cost of all of these cardboard signs every single weekend. Come on. So uh, I thought it was a good idea. So anyway, so they're always down there protesting. But this is the this is the base that votes in the primaries. And so what happens is the local city council is beholden to them. So when the defund the police movement started, they were powerless to stop it. They really were. They could not come to the defense of their law enforcement agencies. And that's why they have virtually no cops anymore. Asheville, North Carolina, multiple local law enforcement sources who spoke to Fox News Digital laid partial blame for the deteriorating condition of a North Carolina tourist town on the city's liberal political leadership and on left-wing activists who undermine police. Quote, I think what you're seeing in Asheville right now is a culmination of the last several years of pulling police back and not letting them do their jobs like they're able to, said former Buncombe County Sheriff Van Duncan. Van Duncan, Democrat. Although not anymore. Van Duncan decided not to run for re-election back while I was still there. And then we ended up with... uh, Oh, gosh, what? How am I drawing a blank on his name already? Anyway, different sheriff um, and uh, more progressive. He was a former Asheville police officer, uh, very much like a, a, a Gary McFadden. I mean, like Gary McFadden, Gerald Baker, black Democrat, former law enforcement or current law enforcement, sheriff's candidates, right? Do I say the name at the risk of offending? Soros, right? Like, you. Right. So you, you, you have that movement. But this is the this is the way the Democrat Party was moving in the Mountain County for in, in that area for a very long time. There are a lot of people that are registered Democrats in Western North Carolina that don't vote Democrat anymore. So uh, you've got but they don't want to they don't want to unregister as a Democrat, at least until like their grandparents die because it would break their hearts or something like that. Right. Seriously, like th- this is this is why you have to look at sort of election results versus party affiliation to get an idea of where people are, are uh, voting politically. Um, but this is uh, definitely the case. I can attest. I can tell you this is the case. It's the city's leftists on city council. They are 
uh, beholden to the most radical elements of the Democratic Party base, because those are the people that vote in the primaries. And the city council election system was set up in order to stiff arm anyone that's not status quo. That's not part of the political establishment. And at the time, that was the Democrat Party. But anyway, um, you then have uh, the uh, the activist base, these LARPers, these Antifa temporary anarchists that are like, you know, we want to burn it all down. Give me money, you know. And I knew some of them, literally. And in the story, I was pleased to see the mention of a uh, there's a local bookstore called the Firestorm Bookstore Co-op. These are people that set up their own needle exchange. Spoiler alert. It's not an exchange. It's just a handout. Right. I mean, unless, of course, you're going to count dropping the needles on the sidewalk all along the uh, all around the neighborhood. Uh, unless somebody like you count that as turning in the needle. It's not an exchange. But they were running this kind of stuff without any kind of, uh, you know, oversight or anything. They were just they just started doing it. And it has been the hub of the local anarchist activity for a long time. And there are people, these aging boomers, you know, that all retired to the mountains, made all their money, retired to the mountains, drove up the prices of all of the land and homes and got their little slice of heaven, pulled the ladder up behind them. Nobody else gets to come here. They shut down development. They don't want any high rises. You're blocking my view. That kind of stuff. Seriously. There's a you go downtown. You remember uh, it it was the old BB&T building. It was the tallest building in downtown Asheville, and it was the BB&T building, and it, it was uh, you know built in like the 70s, and so it had that classic 1970s communist aesthetic, you know, just like concrete, and um, they and a, guy, a developer came in, McKibben, I believe it was, and um, in order to build the hotel, basically paid a whole bunch of money into a city fund for, you know, equity or something, and got zoning approval, but... He stripped the entire exterior of the building and rebuilt it because he knew that if he tore the building down and rebuilt a better building, they would never get zoning approval for it. He would never have been able to build a tall building in downtown Asheville. They don't want any sprawl and they don't want any vertical development up. So they don't want to go out and they don't want to go up. They don't want you there. They want your tourist money. But they don't want you there for years. Like they have underfunded core services like sidewalk repair and and uh, and street maintenance and filling in potholes. They have ignored it for decades. For decades, they would raid uh, 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 water money, water revenue. They were raiding that money in order to pay for different projects of their own liking and such, taking money from unincorporated areas and putting them into this inside city limit projects and stuff. Oh yeah, I mean it's just like. Their county manager went to prison along with the, the uh, uh, two assistant county managers and a builder and a, and a county commissioner. Like five people went to jail while I was there. That's why they bury them feet first. Because they're so crooked, you got to screw them into the ground. Okay, uh, but I will get, I'll, I'll get back to the Fox News story about all of the crime that now somehow or another has arrived in Nashville. Nobody can figure out why. I'm not sure if I, I don't remember if I finished saying this. City of Asheville went bankrupt in the Great Depression. They didn't pay off the the notes until like the 80s. They finally paid it off. But that's why all their buildings are so old. 
And everything was like falling apart because they had no money. <laughs> they were in debt. The state bailed them out. And, uh, and, so, and so everything kind of got frozen in time. Unlike Charlotte that tears everything down and replaces it with, you know, brand new shiny buildings and everything. Um, by the way, Charlotte, it's uh, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month and the third annual WBT, Little Heroes Blood Drive. It's going to be Monday, September 19th. Please visit the Jack Daniels Doghouse where the One Blood Big Red Bus is going to help ma- uh, help you make a life-saving blood donation. We are committed to helping kids in the community that are fighting cancer. You can help us make a difference. You can save lives. Just go to WBT.com, uh, set up an appointment. We need people to set up appointments ahead of time so the, uh, the, uh, the bus... Because you got to, you know, because you have to have people in the line in order in the queue. You have to have them there so you know that uh, you got people coming in and they can be prepared for however many people show up. So please go to wbt.com, sign up. It's going to be Monday, September nineteenth. And thanks again to Affordable Signing and Windows, Jamison Realty as well for their support of the WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive Monday, the nineteenth. Also, by the way, uh, Asheville. In case you are new to the state of North Carolina. Sometimes if you ever go to Asheville, uh, maybe you'll see some of their marketing, much like uh, Martha's Vineyard marketing themselves as, you know, don't come here because it's evil to send you here or something. Um, Chicago, New York, D.C., like it's inhumane. It's inhumane. How dare you come here? Um, They got labeled the cesspool of sin. Do you know that? They were labeled the cesspool of sin. And then they adopted it as sort of their their unofficial brand. State Senator James Forrester, who sponsored uh, the constitutional amendment the, uh, to ban gay marriage or to, uh, to you know, classify marriages between one man and one woman. And Asheville and, and, and the people from Asheville were very upset about it and protesting. And, and he called it the cesspool of sin. And, uh, and it stuck. And they were like, we're going to make that our own. And so now I have T-shirts and stuff. So that's why if you ever hear referred to as the cesspool of sin – <clears throat> That's why uh, it is. Uh, I got a message here from uh, pal uh, Mark, who says, let's not forget that the first Black Lives Matter rally in Asheville, which had no black people show up to it. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, that's not even a joke. It's true. They're like no black people at their Black Lives Matter rally. The first one that they had after the George Floyd murder. They're like, we care so deeply. Like it's, I think it's, I mean, it is a tiny, tiny percentage, anyway, um, of the population. Um, let me see here. A couple of years ago, Dan says, a couple of years ago, we were drinking beer at Sierra Nevada, which is a beautiful place, by the way, in Hendersonville, Henderson County. Um, a guy was wearing a T-shirt that said, if you're too weird for Asheville, you are too bleeping weird. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Um, they got a big homeless problem. They also have a problem that um, uh, is exacerbated by travelers, not tourists, and not the fat tourists, who are responsible, apparently, for jumping up and down on their sidewalks in Asheville, breaking all of the sidewalks. And that's why the city of Asheville, for some reason, can't fund sidewalk repair, even though sidewalks last like 70 to 80 years. So you shouldn't really have to be replacing them that often. But the only thing I can surmise is because they were blaming the tourists. They were like, we need to. Hit these tourists with extra taxes to pay for our sidewalk repair. And so I assumed must be some really fat tourists jumping around on the sidewalks, breaking all the sidewalks. I don't know. Uh, But they want the tourist money, but they don't want the tourist. They really don't like tourists. And they don't want the tourists downtown. 
That's their downtown. They don't want you downtown. Now, when, that, when I say it's their downtown, I'm talking about the people that just moved there, which is always hilarious to me. You see these city council meetings, and everybody who shows up at the city council meeting, they're all like, I moved here eight years ago. They all moved there eight years ago. right? Everybody in Asheville, apparently, and that speaks at the council meetings, they all moved there eight years ago. And they wanted to be like, I want to make sure that, you know, this is why I came here. And I don't want it to change from what it was like when I got here. Meanwhile, the locals who were actually from Asheville, they're looking around like, this place has gone to hell in a handbasket. Perfect example. Have you been tubing down the river, the French Broad River? Which, by the way, is the only river that runs south to north, I think, in this uh, hemisphere. Anyway, the French Broad River, they have the tubing. You, you can rent a tube or get your own, and, and people just, like, sit in the tube, and they just float down the river drinking beer because it's not a very deep river. And they, and they have a cooler, a floating cooler, and they, they, they tie them all together, and they, they float down the river. And I asked my producer, Tank Spencer at the time, I asked my producer, oh, is this something that you would do? And he's like, oh, heck no. See, Tank was a local. And Tank's like, I know what's in that river. I've been here all my life. There's no way I'm going to get in that river. So anyway, that's sort of a background of Asheville. Um, it has become completely overrun with crime and because they, you have, you have uh, people that do not want the police enforcing any kind of law. You had uh, a city councilman at the time I was there, Brian Haynes, uh, who uh, uh, effectively lobbied for police not to search people's backpacks because that's where you keep your weed. And so he didn't want any because, you know, and he also quit, by the way, the Habitat for Humanity store. He was a manager there and he quit rather than, uh, you know, uh, succumb to the man's demand that he get uh, randomly drug tested. So he didn't want to get a drug test. And uh, so he quit his job while a city councilman. He's the brother of the guitarist for Government Mule, Warren Haynes. Anyway, so he yeah, he was like, I'm not going to I'm not going to bow to this war on drugs thing or whatever. So this is, these are the kinds of people that are running the show in Asheville. Okay. Both the Asheville Police Department and the Buncombe County Sheriff's Department have been hemorrhaging officers in recent years, with many retiring early or simply quitting. APD made international headlines in June of 2021 when they announced that they would no longer respond in person to 911 calls about theft, fraud, or trespassing after losing a third of their police force. They are down one-third of their police force. And yes, they did say non-emergency calls. Sorry, go online, file a report. We're not going to be able to come out and take a report for you. Van Duncan was the former uh, Buncombe County Sheriff after he decided not to run for re-election again, and uh, uh, he registered unaffiliated. He said the Democrat Party left him. He noted that when he was serving as county sheriff, left-wing activists from outside the community would sweep in to disrupt community meetings. I mentioned the travelers, by the way. This, these are people, uh, they're like the family, like the travelers, the family, like, and they move all around the country, and they, they engage in scamming and, and you know street begging and that sort of thing. You have insane people on the streets of Asheville. Uh, you know, attacking motorists and stuff. Well, well, the cars, they'll throw stuff at the cars and they scream at themselves and they beat each other up and they accost you outside of all of the touristy shops and stuff. Here you go. Uh, one of my friends up in Asheville sent this to me the other day when Fox had this story. In six weeks, I have had to call the cops eight times. Six weeks, eight 911 calls. One dude peed on my back door. Homeless dude banging on all the apartment windows. Now, he lives in West Asheville on Haywood Road. 
which is like, I mean, like that was the like if you wanted to find a stab you in the eye bar, that's where you went. All right. And um, anyway, so uh, uh, ringing the doorbell at 5 a.m. on a weekend, freaking out on drugs. Another guy, uh, let's just say, taking advantage of himself. Totally nude on the sidewalk. He says it has gone nuts. Literally. That's what they're dealing with in Asheville, a town eight, uh, of uh, 90,000 people. It's basically the size of Rock Hill, but it doesn't have Charlotte right next door for comparison purposes. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Asheville getting the national coverage it so richly deserves. What with its massive crime spike, let me give you the data points here. City of approximately 90,000 people nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Buncombe County, North Carolina, has seen a 31% surge in violent crime per 100,000 people from 2016 to 2020. Oh, so, well, I guess it does count the, the summer of love. Uh, Asheville's growth in violent crime is nearly double that of the national average, and it ranks among the highest in North Carolina, where violent crime has increased 13% statewide. Homelessness has increased 21%. And the police department can't stay staffed. Oh, uh, sidebar note, random trivia. Have you ever heard the term bunk? As in... Uh, that's bunk or debunk something, right? It means BS, right? That's bunk. That's garbage. That's a lie, whatever. That comes from Buncombe County. Yeah. The BS comes... <laughs> it comes from Buncombe County. It uh, it actually is named... There was a congressman who used to get up on the floor of the... In, in D.C., get up on the floor, I think the House... Yeah, I think he was a House member and because uh, he was from Buncombe County, right? And so he would get up there, and he would just go on and on and on and on and on. He would just make up stuff, and he'd have all these long floor speeches, just rambling things, saying that he invented the W or whatever. And uh, he, uh, uh, he he was just known for just this idiocy. And, and they, oh, there goes, that's Buncombe. And so that's where it started. They, they started calling him Buncombe. Because that's where he was from, and he would just say all these crazy things, and on and on and on and on, and then it got shortened, and now that's it's a term that's now in our lexicon. Bunk. All right, we'll get Tom on here before the end of the program. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. What you're talking about is not just Asheville. It's most, the most of the United States of America, including South Carolina, where uh, my wife witnessed a man going into this uh, Walmart store, blowing it up with electronics and everything else you could think of, going out the door. The employees weren't allowed to even say hello to him. And the police outside weren't allowed to touch him. And he went to two cars, and they unloaded the merchandise. It was organized crime. And the police aren't allowed to do a damn thing about it. And I questioned the police, and they said they were told that a lot of these people, they're very poor, never had anything. And they're just, uh, you know, it's not their fault. They think that way, that it's okay. Right. So and I talk. That's uh, yeah. that's that's actually um, that's prejudice 
on display. It's prejudice, right? Because you're making an assumption about the person who's doing the shoplifting based only on their outward appearance. You're assuming that they're not somebody who is, let's say, part of an organized gang, uh, an organized theft ring, right? They're making an assumption that, oh, they're doing it because they just need seven flat screens, TV, uh, flat screen TVs because they're poor based only on what their skin color or the way they're dressed or something. I don't know. The police said we, we, you know, we're not allowed to touch them. Right. Yeah. This is yeah. And, and then when there are no repercussions like that, then the message goes out and it's loud and clear that you can engage in these kinds of petty crimes and you will face no repercussions for it. And so then you're going to get more of that activity. And, and even major crimes like burning down police stations. Yeah. And nothing done. Yeah. That's oh not insurrection. Those those government buildings apparently uh, are allowed to be targeted uh, for vandalism and destruction. Uh, Tom, I appreciate the call. Yeah, it's th- this has been brewing not just in America, but in Asheville specifically. Ever since I was there, it's gotten way worse, as far as I can tell, and now they're getting all of the national attention, again, that they uh, richly deserve. Now, I would also point out fentanyl, big problem in the mountains as well. Uh, and now they've got some... Uh, they got some cartel activity going. Yeah. Really? Seriously, guys, there are way, there are a lot of other places in the mountains that you could visit. Way safer and prettier, too, if you ask me. All right. Winterville's up next. Stay tuned. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.